Welcome back to Bible study, uh, to Paul's letter to the Philippians. And welcome to John Campbell, Eric Walker. Great to see you. And sorry about my haircuts, but it had to be done. Now I went, I went through lockdown, I think, with just one haircut, and and then I just, uh, my wife thought, oh, I, you know, I rather like because I'd never had curly hair. I've always had a short back and sides, but it was sort of starting to get out of hand. And, and my Albanian barber is no longer there, so I had to settle for someone else. You know, their, their barber's shop closed. Just, just so that you, you know, we don't want to date it too much, the program, but um, that's the world that we're living in. We, we've, we've done a lot of background, haven't we, with um, uh, Philippians in the last few Bible studies, so we're going to focus on Paul's prayer from verse 3 to verse 11. You're going to read it. Very good. Sorry. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making request for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Christ Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Mm. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the privilege of fellowshipping around your word. Father God, as we study this today, we ask, Lord, that you open the eyes of our understanding, not only of us here in the studio, but of those viewing at any time, in any place, Lord, watching our discussions today, that you would indeed open the eyes of their understanding. Give them revelation, Lord, beyond anything they can think or understand, that, that they are in awe of our God. Lord, we ask above everything else that today, Lord, as we study, Lord, the name of Jesus is exalted. And we ask this in his wonderful name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Right, so Paul, <coughs> he is so genuine. It, it, you know, we, we go through some of his writings and there's, there's deep theological teachings, but he's actually living it out as well. So, it, you know, it's, it's a privilege really to have his prayers and his thanksgiving because you, you see that his... his understanding of, 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 of the Lord and the scriptures and the gospel is from deep within. Mm. It's something that he's living out. And, and so when he prays, you know, it, it's, we learn something theologically from his prayer, but we also learn that Paul was, you know, like the Brighton rock. You know, wherever you cut him, he, he's living, it's woven into his life. Mm. And the, we, the danger that we have is that we, we always generalize, you know, we're, we're getting general themes and background, but with Paul, we, we have to sometimes just really drill into what is he, what is he writing and where, where, where do we take it from there. 
I without think, repeating ourselves. Uh, yeah, I think the point you made is a, is a really <coughs> valid one. It's an exciting one, Tim, because Paul is unique amongst all biblical writers. Uh, the gospel writers, well, certainly um, Matthew, Mark, and John, mm. are unique in as much as they walk the earth with the Lord. So they're unique. But amongst, for, amongst all the other writers, Paul is unique in as much as he spent three years of his life learning one-on-one -on -one with the Lord about his message. He speaks with such authority. And he talks in, is it in Romans, where, he's, he, where he, wasn't, he just couldn't, he didn't have the language to be able to expound all that he had seen, although he probably had a degree of understanding. It was, he just didn't have the language in order to be able to, to speak it out. And so... Uh, we do need to take every word of his and, real, and realize that these are not just words. He understands what he's saying. And it's from the Spirit. And it's from There's the something Spirit. Something beyond There's intellect. Deep, deep truth in every word. Yeah. Great. So, um, where, which verse do you want to highlight? <laughs> so we'll start. Yes, um, let's go. Verse 3. Let's go. It's, of uh, course, the prayers of the Bible are wonderful because they're also give us a model for our, for our prayers too. Yeah, yeah. So if in doubt we can pray the prayers of Paul, yeah, exactly. we won't go far exactly. wrong, you know. Exactly. But, um, and I love the way he starts in a positive way. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, although he would have lots of things to grumble about and so on, he, he does focus on what God is doing. And, and I think that is a good way to start our prayers, isn't it? Look, to th start with thanksgiving. Thank Acknowledge what God is doing. Yes, we might need to to, to uh, give some problems to the Lord or yeah, whatever, exactly. but he starts in that positive vein because because it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit is selfish, isn't it? You know, to start a prayer just talking about yourself <laughs> and your problems, isn't it? When when you've got the Almighty God, you're in His presence. Yeah, it, it seems logical that you should be acknowledging Him. And, and, and thanksgiving is the voice of faith, and yes. so I think you can't do better than. Well, you enter his gates with thanksgiving and your, his courts with praise, Wonderful. not with moanings. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then we, once we do that, we, we start things in the right direction. So I, li I like the way he says, I thank my God. Mm. Uh, he's got this personal relationship with God. Mm. Upon every remembrance of you, and, and again, whenever they came to his mind, he took that as a sign to pray for them. So he... He was, uh, and he focused on the positives. Like I said, it, it's not easy to, if you think of somebody, you think of, the, of a church, of the problems in the church. Yeah. But he chose to focus on that which is good and noble and true, yeah. as he talks about yeah. later. And, and he thanks God for them. Mm. And I think then that that's how one should uh, major mm. uh, in that. And so whenever he remembered them, he lifted them up to the Lord. Mm. Mm. And I... You know, think of that psalm, I de declare your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. So if we start our day, you know, literally thanking the Lord, declaring his love for us, mm. and, and, then, it, and it, then it will be proved by it, the end of the day. That's yeah. right. And, and, you know, Paul, starting his prayer like this, because again, coming back to what I said earlier, he has these great revelatory truths before him, um, and... You know, we say, and we've just said, that they use him as an example, we should start with thanksgiving and joy. But <coughs> try, I would only encourage our viewers to, to, to just to struggle with that a little bit, to, to try to understand 
where Paul is positionally. He, he, he has this huge revelation and so he can pray with joy and, and try and learn something from that. Try and, you know, as I say, wrestle with it till you can get to a place where, you know, we already have eternal life. At some point, death is going to come to each of us, but our life is eternal. We are now eternal mm, beings. Right. There's so much to be thankful yes, and joyful yes. about and, and they should, you know, there's so much greater than our, our temporal problems mm. that we have here and now. And, and, and then we can get the, fo the focus yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. Before we start, yes, okay. So um, <clears throat> I think we did we did mention before, and you've mentioned it again, Derek, about whenever they came into his mind, mm. he prayed yeah. for them, and, and so it, that's a great pattern for us. You know, when, when I think of John or or Derek, and you know, we should. It's not just a thought; it's no. a prompting to pray for each yes. other. We look, should learn to recognize the work of the Holy Spirit in us, and sometimes it's very natural, you know. Yeah. And the whole, it's, we, we should often assume that the, the thoughts that come to us, you know, obviously if they're godly thoughts, um, you know, that could be the Holy Spirit prompting us yeah. to yeah. pray for someone. That's right. It doesn't have to, it might feel like our own thoughts, but actually mm. it, it could well be the Holy Spirit prompting us. My, my dad had a heart attack when he was 45 and he went to St. Bart's in London and his heart packed up and, it, and three times it stopped in, in that night and my mum recalls being woken up at three o'clock in the morning to pray for him. Mm. You know, I suppose and if you think about it you, you wake up you think uh, obviously she, his husband in hospital but she she thinks of him at that moment and then prays you know yeah. for the Lord to help him and at that exact point in time the nurses said that they uh, someone was doing the round and noticed that three o'clock in the morning that his mm. machine had stopped oh. and went and you know everything into emergency mode and he was revived for better or worse we had another sort of 22 years of dad's sort of forceful nature but <laughs> but the point is it, it's just um, we, sh we tend, because we live in such a materialist world, to just say, oh, well, coincidence. Mm. But actually, you're right, yeah. the Holy Spirit is, is ever-present and he prompts us. But we don't record it. That's the other thing. So um, Paul's saying every remembrance and he's recording things. I find that w the Lord does so much for us individually and collectively. Do we ever really keep a log of... No. Of, of the blessings, of the answers to prayer. We don't, do we? Because we're just too busy. No. And, but if we did, it would, be a, it would be an absolute mountain list, mm. mountainous list of how he has um, answered prayer. Yeah. And how he has sustained us, the very fact that we woke up this morning, that we got air I to believe breathe, that as well. water to drink. That's absolutely right, I believe. Yeah. I do. We take the whole thing for granted, sitting yeah. on this tiny little speck of dust <laughs> on the edge of the universe. That, that's yeah. that God. It's an absolute miracle that we are actually breathing and talking and hearing yes. yeah. each other. Yeah. Okay, that's my little digression. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, just just a roll with this, rather than me trying to prompt uh, verses. If something strikes you from these um, this amazing prayer, um, yeah. Well, I, you know, he makes requests. He makes requests for you all with joy, mm. and he's and that this not just a manner of speaking. He means it, because he he realizes that what these people have ahead of them, mm. 
he, yeah, he can recognize they're going to have problems, but he had the whole of eternity against. They are now children of the living God, and, and they are never going to be deserted, never going to be um, mm -hmm. forsaken. He's, going to, he's active now in all their lives, and he'd be changing each one of them through, well, each, one, each one's unique. And with his own plan, his own book written in heaven, the book of life, you know, it's all there. And, and it's now going to start unfolding. No wonder Paul is full of joy. He knows what's before. And, uh, this, this is just a spontaneous prayer or is it preparing the ground for things that he'll be writing later in the letter? Or is just Paul? Pouring this is out. me and this Pouring is how I... I want what I want to convey to you at the beginning of this letter. And it reflects the close relationship he has with this yeah. church more yeah. than other churches. Yeah. And so part of, you know, when you remember people, you don't always remember them with joy. But um, yeah. Yeah. with Paul and the Philippians, it certainly was. He wasn't just saying positive words. You know, he genuinely was loved by the Philippians. They, 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 they were the one because he goes on and says for your fellowship in the gospel. Your partnership in the yeah. gospel of all the churches we talked about this last time yeah. they supported him that's right they prayed for him they financially supported him mm. um, you know uh, and, and in fact the context of this whole book mm. is that a special gift that they gave Paul not just a financial gift but a person that they gave to him mm. Ephroditus who would actually be there and serve Paul and yeah. cater to his needs and uh, so they probably gave him one of their best people mm. and and supported that whole thing and so they their heart was with him and that's what gives you joy you know especially in the ministry are those people who are like 100% with you yeah. you know yeah. not just listening to your ministry but you know th they are with you yeah. and they are supporting you and their heart yeah. is with you yeah. and and that and, and they love you and that's what Paul feels from these Philippians. Mm. And, and that's why he opens his heart to, mm. to them in this letter, perhaps more in a personal way than, than any, other, yeah. Than any yeah. other letter. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at this um, from the first day until now. That's the end of verse um, 5 and then verse 6. He who began a good work and you will, will complete it mm. until the day of Jesus Christ. Um, it's, there's a lot in that. Mm -hmm. In terms of, of from the, the first day, we were, we were just talking earlier about before the foundation of the world, the, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice. There, there's, it's it's a, a very big span, God's project with us. So the Lamb of God before the foundation of the earth. I'm, I'm holding myself back from talking about another of Paul's letters um, that were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. But... But we, we are, as it were, like a tree, and they are like trees. The roots are, there's, there's a beginning. It's from the first day until now. Is he talking about just, again, I'm trying, it could be spiritual. Is he talking about um, just the first day he was in contact with them, or the about the first day of God's work in their lives? Well, it's the same, because he planted the church in Acts 16. Yeah. And, and I think he's talking about the fact that he is convinced that they have genuine saving faith. Yeah. It's not everyone who claims they have faith, yeah. that, you know, are true no, that's disciples. Right. And, and notice he says from the first day, yeah. you, you, you have evidenced saving faith yeah. because you, in the way that you've loved me, you, you accepted the word of the gospel and you've proved it by your love for me and your love for the gospel. 
and so they supported him in his preaching of the gospel and it's because they he is confident that they have a saved a true faith in Christ therefore on that basis because they're true believers he is confident that what God has started in their life yeah he will complete you you know what I mean that he will what God begins in us he's it was a genuine beginning it was real they truly did accept Christ and uh, they've shown it by their by their works. Yeah, good. So I, 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 I'm not very clear in what I'm, I'm sort of digging into. Sometimes when, you know, we have events, outreach events, we, we say, and I've had one recently, we, we pray, Lord, prepare the hearts of those who are, who are going to come and, or, or the kids who go on to our, um, you know, Christian curriculum, you know, prepare those who are, are going to come. So I, I, was, I was trying to maybe <laughs> obscurely say, well, you know, did was it just purely the first day of Paul's encounter with them or, or is was there something that God was doing before even Paul turned up well met I, them for the yes. first time well, no, course, maybe I'm no, a bit too no, obscure no I don't know no, no I, that's an I'm interesting trying to that's dig. an interesting argument because of course we see from Ephesians that, that, that these people were preordained and that's and, what I was and, yeah, yeah there, 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 there is we, we can go right back in time to the very beginning of time when these people have been identified and and now it's a big subject i mean it's a huge pro, subject pro and we're just glossing over it though, of course uh, and 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 there's a com- there's a, a realization now within <clears throat> within time as we understand it here of, of this happening these people have already been identified they 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 have been prepared in as much as the lord has prepared them to receive the gospel he's given them the saving faith he's given them the grace and they've received and understood or is it that's a, i'm sorry i'm just developing it is it paul writes from the first day until now initially talking about the first day physically when they yes. were in contact and 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 then, uh, and this it, we see in a number of his writings, and then he takes it to another level and says, uh, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, so he suddenly elevates it beyond himself and, and the physical yes. encounter with the preaching of the gospel to God beginning a good work in yes. them, which goes before. Yes. They I, I, I think it's like, like so much of scripture, it's so deep and multifaceted. Yep. At, it, at its sim- most simple form, he's referring to the point where they heard the gospel and received From it. him. Yes. That, but then in humility. I, but, but then as we look at that, yep. we can begin to see it's mu- there's much more than that and we yep. can begin to explore it. But I think he's referring to the, just quite straightforward, first. To, the, to the first point, they received the gospel yeah. and, and that's it. Good. I don't think yeah. it's any more complicated than that. No. It's just that we are able to dig into it and see deeper truth. Except truths. you then, when you get onto verse 6, I just wonder whether yeah. Paul so then is expanding verse it. Verse 5, clearly the first day, yes, was right. the, yeah. you know, that's when they started partnering with yeah. him in the gospel, even yeah. from their salvation. Yes. But then you could it discuss when he talks about he who began a good work in them, was you could say that's the moment of their salvation. But you could argue that that is talking about the work of the Holy Spirit to bring you to salvation, yes. yeah. to prepare the way yeah. Yeah, for okay. salvation. I don't think it's talking about our original, you know, the sovereign election of God, yeah. because he talks about the good work in you. That's good. That's, that's right. That's a good way. So, that's so right. although it's true, yeah. um, it's actually the work of the Holy Spirit in them to bring them to faith. I agree and with then, 
That's it. Yeah. You don't mind my eccentric. No, uh, no. Know, I think I think I think these are really interesting things to think, things to so. discuss. I absolutely agree with what Derek's saying. Sometimes we are in um, discussion before Bible study, more generally. Yeah. And it triggers something, and I yeah, think, yeah, oh, is there a connection with this? Yes. But that's good. That's really good. Thank you for that. So um, this is a wonderful assurance verse, isn't it? I yes. think for, for us. Amazing. Verse six is that. You know, we, we're very aware of our weaknesses and our fallibilities and, you know, being unfaithful sometimes. But ultimately, our salvation does not rest on our performance. It rests on yeah. Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Yeah. And, he, and then he, he says, so, you know, I've kept all those you gave to me. I wouldn't let one be plucked That's right. out of mm. you know, my hand. That's right. There's, th- th- this, this is a big, big one because it's, you know, our contribution... You know, our faithfulness, our obedience, our uh, following the Lord, but knowing that he, he's actually beginning the good work in us. Mm. And, car- and, and of course, we're not in chapter 2 yet, but it talks about that, work out your own salvation, mm. because God is at work in Yes, you. that's right, and that's what's happening here. I mean, it's, it, they're only able to persevere in the faith through the grace of God. That's the, that's the powerhouse, yeah. the grace of God, that, that gives them, equips them to be able to to persevere so that the Lord finishes the good work he's begun in them. Great. And the day of Jesus Christ, I believe, is the rapture. In other words, this is the time in which we we have to prove our faith even against difficulties. Mm. But the day of, that's the wonderful day of our reunion with Christ. And uh, when we stand before him in the judgment seat of Christ, but and and, you know, our salvation, however, rests completely in him. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. Just as well. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> um, good. Nearly got me into talking about the rapture. We're going yeah. to look at that more deeply. But for the, um, then he says, it's right for me to feel this way about you. Um, that's, so that's, as you say, it's Paul um, confidently saying... God's begun a good work in you. And then he's, again, he saw his, his verses, one sort of trips off the next to mm. the next. And, um, you know, it's sort of layers of reassurance, layers of reassurance. Mm. Yeah. Um, yes, he's not just flattering them. He's saying, you know, they yeah. have genuinely shown yeah. the fruit of faith yeah. um, in their life. Um, okay, so... I don't, I don't like skirting over things. So on, on the rapture, we, the day of Jesus Christ, it, it, for those who have died before the generation of the rapture, how would they read that, the day of Jesus Christ? Where would, how would that apply to them? Put you on the spot, Derek. Well, they will yeah. have the same experience. The Bible says when the trumpet sounds. Yeah. The dead in Christ will rise first. So yep. the first sounding of the trumpet, the dead in Christ rise. Yep. And then it says there'll presumably be a second sounding, which is called the last trumpet. The, those who are alive in Christ will rise. Yep. Uh, and so we will all have the same experience in the sense yep. of we will uh, be full, re- resurrected or receive our glorified bodies and, and, and rise yeah. to meet Jesus Christ. And, and even though they've already died and they've, they're in heaven right now, they are still waiting for this day. Because mm-hmm. you might think, well, they're fine. 
but they're, they're not in their bodies. They're not in their glorified form yet. Yeah. They're, they're happy, mm. all right? But really, that what we're looking forward to is, is the resurrection or the glorification of our body. Yeah. That's when our salvation comes to its yeah. perfection. Yes. That's when we enter into our eternal state. That's right. And that's what we always look forward yeah. to. Not so much to death or even yeah. going to heaven, but that's that day when we stand before Jesus. Yeah. And, and he glorifies us, yeah. praise God. Wow. So that should be the focus of our hope. Yeah. Yes. And, then, and that, that, that really is complete completion, yes. isn't yes. it? It's, yes, it's not, it's, with the it's day not Christ just another summit. It yeah. is, that is completion. The day, the, day, the day of Jesus Christ is when he returns in glory and mm. we in turn are glorified. It, yeah. it, it just, it's going to be the most extraordinary day. That is yeah. the focus of our hope. Yes, yeah. yes. Wonderful. Good. Are we going too fast? No. <laughs> we're on verse, I can see we're on verse um, seven. seven. He, um, it, here he mentions his chains. So this is where, and he yeah. does it a few times. Yeah. This shows that Paul was in prison at the time. Mm -hmm. I think most people would say that he's in prison in Rome. He's been under, the, under Nero. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is what happened at the end of the book of Acts. Well, we find Paul, he's gone to Rome, he's, in, he's under house arrest, yeah. he's chained to a Roman soldier, yeah. and this is the setting for Ephesians, mm. Colossians, uh, Philippians, mm. and Philemon. Yeah. Philippians is probably the last one because as we read on, we see he's quite close to his trial. Mm. And, and, uh, and so he's been in chains for almost two years at this point. Yeah. But it's interesting, the thing that I've see here is that he talks about being partakers of grace exactly yeah and we can easily identify with the fact that yes he's graced to defend and confirm the gospel we can see you know he's greatly anointed in in the proclamation of the gospel but he talks about having grace in his chains as well partaking of god's grace and i do believe when when we suffer for the lord there is a special grace because we think, you know, with stories of these great Christians who suffered greatly, we thought, how on earth? I, I don't yeah, think I could ever yes. do that. But we've got to remember there is a special grace that God provides yes. with that suffering. Mm -hmm. And, and he's, I think he's saying here that, um, he's saying, you, you, you Philippians are also partake with That's me right. in that grace. So That's in other right. words, you are also suffering for Christ, yeah. but you are partaking of that same grace. Yeah. Grace to suffer, and he talks about that later in the chapter. Grace and and to it's suffer. following on, you know, it's, all, it's, it's sort of adding a, a layer of authenticity to the previous verse. So he's saying, I, um, it's right for me to feel this way because yes. we partake in, in grace, yes. and, and you've illustrated what Because that grace is. they are under persecution. Yeah. And the way they are responding to the persecution, they're not uh, compromising. They're not yeah. backing down. Yeah. They are holding forth their witness under the grace of Christ, mm. under that pressure. Yeah. And, um, and so I think he's, he, is, um, he is seeing that, again, that, that genuine faith in them, that they, they are clearly partakers mm. of the same grace that Paul has yeah. uh, in being able to share the gospel even under pressure and suffering. Because in, in the church today, John, you know, it, there... It, one gets the sense that there isn't the same level of unity, you know, unparticipation. No, I, you know, I, because I, we're in this modern, fragmented world, 
you know, those who stick their neck out for the gospel, you know, some will go with them, but generally, and this is a fact, I think, statistically, you know, when they take polls, that, that there's a distancing of those who are extremists or... Yeah, there is. Labeled. And, and, and the church will generally, because it... it uh, this sounds very judgmental. I don't mean it to be. I am just stating a fact. The church is generally not submitted to the Lordship of Christ. Mm. And, and, and because of that, they're not partaking in his grace. This grace talked about here. You know, we, we talked about Thanksgiving. You know, we each have different problems to face every day. Um, some of them are not being suffering for the gospel directly. Um, but we still you know, need to take Paul's example and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the grace to get through today. Thank you for the grace mm. to manage all that is going to come against me this day. And, and, and uh, you know, because we need it. And if we, if we don't have that grace, if we park it, if we become self-sufficient, we will be deceived. There's no doubt. Yeah. This is why the church is so widely, particularly the established church, mm. why it is so widely deceived. Um, because it is, it's updated the word of God. It, it, and it it's has trying ideas. To assimilate. That, it's trying yeah. to assimilate. Yeah. And it's very awkward when, when people are, you know, in your church, maybe if you're a church leader, someone's, you know, suspended from their job because they've, they've said, no, I'm not going to compromise on this. And, mm. And they distance themselves from them, or they come out with publications which are endorsing an establishment position, which, yes. as, though, as though the established church has a right to pronounce on what God has said yes. in his word. Yes. So I, I just, I don't know, I, I do feel that it, it's a lonely road if you're going to be an openly confessing Christian on a number of levels yes. in, in the workplace, especially in the public sector. Mm, it's very a tough hard. road. So we yeah. want to yeah, stand alongside those who are out in the front lines. And, and we want to encourage them from this word that God's grace will go with you. He will give you the grace. Yeah. And uh, as Derek said, you, if, if, even if you suffer, you know, if they, you, you've suffered as much as you're sacked or whatever, yeah. God's grace will still this sustain you. He, he, will not, he will not forsake you. Mm. Um, and it, it does take courage, but the grace of God will give you the courage. This is not God theoretical, because we, we no, came back from Israel uh, on, on a trip, and one of our uh, dear sisters on, on the trip, she, she basically heard people blaspheming at, I won't say which airline, but at the, at the counter of the airline, and so she checked them and said, do you mind? Um, that that the, the Lord's name is precious to me. And, mm. and, um, and they carried on, and she went up again, and they took her off the flight. Mm. They got into the newspaper. It was a, it was a connecting flight from um, Gatwick or Stansted up to Edinburgh. And um, she was taken off the flight. It got into the local newspapers, um, and she lost her job over it. No. Just through. So it's not theoretical. No. In other words, if, you, if we say, right, we, we're followers of the Lord, it's, it does have a bit of a stigma today, mm. and we need to encourage those who are out there it's 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 happening quite quite often now. You do get the media reports. Interesting how that actually fits with with yeah. verse seven. It just reminded me that um, you know when it says because I have you in my heart, mm. it could equally be read as because you have me in your heart. Mm. It's, it could be either. Yeah. And in fact, that other version fits better. Yeah. In other words, Paul is saying. You know, I'm right to have this confidence in you that your faith is genuine because 
you have me in your heart. In other words, mm. there's a price to pay to support Paul and yeah. be on his team because he's the, he's the center of, of attack. Yeah. Mm. And if you, so it's, you, it's safer to withdraw, as you were saying, yeah. and not yeah. support that person yeah. because, um, you know, you don't want to come under the same attack. And, and so Paul is saying, you have stuck there with me. Mm. You've supported mm. me. You will keep me in your heart. Mm. You keep me in your prayers. You, you're not pr ashamed to be identified with me. And on that basis, you know, you, you are, you're right with me in my chains and in my preaching of the gospel. Yeah. And Wonderful. that means you're under the same grace that, that I am. Yeah, he's really opening up, isn't he? He's absolutely opening up and saying, <laughs> verse 8, how I yearn for you. You know, in other words, we're, I'm really close to you, folks. And I yearn, to, you know, you're my close companions, you're my close mm. partners. It's not, it's not just, I, I'm the minister, you're my congregants. It's like we're, we're really in this together. Yeah. Yes, and it's interesting, where do, is there a point at which that grace, as it were, backs off? I, you know, I think, I think of the times we've been through, I mean, worldwide, you know, yeah. and again, not judging anybody or any yeah. institution as well. I, perhaps I do judge institutions. <coughs> yeah. But, you know, Psalm 91 is so explicit. It is so explicit that if you say, oh, no, you know, I'm vulnerable to this virus, you're saying, Lord, you're not who you say you are. Yeah. You can't protect me. Yeah. I've got to go to, if I go to church, I can't sing. I've got to wear a mask. And now what sort of church leader, forgive me, I don't know, no, no, you know what's going on. We, what sort of church you, leader yeah. is going to say, yeah, wear a mask and don't say, I'm going to submit to the government? Because the word of God says exactly the opposite. Rejoice in the Lord always. Absolutely. <laughs> and he's, yeah. if he can protect you, then if he's going to protect you from every disease, then you're not infectious to anybody else. And neither are you going to succumb. And I see it as a complete jettisoning of the word of God, giving yeah. in to the state, um, and, and they will take as much power as you're prepared that's, to give to that's them. That's the danger. And I, I would see that it, God is either God or he isn't. And if you don't believe the Lord can protect you in church because the government says this thing is, this thing is dangerous, then I think... We certainly haven't got to the point of people be, uh, that I'm aware of, uh, people having been arrested in church, or churches being bulldozed like in China. Yeah. But, but it is, no, it it is interesting that when the states, because, you know, the precedents are there in history, if the state does gain too much power... Yeah. We give them too much power. And, it, and, and the leadership... Knowing where the lines, where to draw the line. Well, because the leadership has not come. The leadership could come from, uh, from the, the archbishops and bishops. It definitely hasn't And come it has not. There. No. It has not. There are churches that are made to stand. I think of that Polish um, evangelical pastor in Canada who, who, who was, you know, refused, absolutely refused. And of course, he was arrested and thrown into jail, which is what you'd expect. I, and it, it, I, I don't blame any of the individual churches who've, who've gone this way, but I do, I'm very concerned about the church leadership as seen by the government who have not stood up to be counted. I, I'm, I'm ashamed well, of they them. were the weakest of all institutions, weren't they? Yeah. We're looking historically now, so yeah. we'll, we'll, you know, eventually hear back from an inquiry and see, see how things turned out. But, you know, historically during the lockdown, there were, the leadership of the church was weak. They, yes. were, they were the first to they were. They, they cave in. Um, 
it's the, the point about it is, and I, I, I say this to folks because we all meet in our churches and communities. We need, meet people of different viewpoints on this. Yes. But for me, Romans 14 is really important because, you know, there are some, they do need encouraging. It's not ju judgmental yeah. to say, come on, you know, yeah. let's, let's, let's fight and stand, stand up for the Lord. But, but equally, there are those who are more fragile, more vulnerable, um, more anxious, and Romans 14 says, the strong should bear with the weak. So those who are strong in Absolutely. faith, who've got Psalm 91 completely sewn up yeah. in their hearts, that, you, that you, sometimes you've got to um, extend that little bit more grace to Absolutely those who, right. who, who don't see it. Absolutely right. But what a, Who are on an earlier... Um, station on their journey of faith. I agree. I absolutely agree with that, Tim. What I'm really talking about is a failure in leadership, which Paul never that's shows. Right. It, it's the leadership that's important, and the leadership. And I don't talk about individual churches here. I'm talking about leadership at a national level. And it's from that that courage will will come down to the lowest mm -hmm. level. Uh, uh, and and it's been because I don't absent. see them as. I know oh, we're getting into this. This is what we do. Um, I don't see it as the church anyway. I, I see it no. as, as, as an institution that has a lot of God that, you know, in its history, yeah. as we do in our nation, but I don't see these institutional churches as the church. I just see them as an expression. No, they're, they're, when, within the institutional church, there's, there is the body of Christ, there is the universal yes. church, but yes. I, I don't personally... I don't think there's any doubt so about it. that's why I don't hold them to too high a... An expectation, if you're not. No, you're, 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 absolutely, you're absolutely right. And what a As my friend Danny Stupple says, the, the, the synod is full of sin and very odd. Yes, <laughs> but, how, but how disappointing. You're absolutely yeah. right. How yeah. disappointing, because the, the unsaved, yeah. the people who, or, or the people who, who think there, there might be a God, but I'm not too sure about it, and, and things are pretty grim at the moment, I'm certainly... But they're so they, humanistic. They would expect to see the leaders of the church speak out the word of God. I mean, what an opportunity. What an opportunity They're to humanistic. preach the gospel, you know, from a national pulpit that individual pastors don't have. You know, the, the Archbishop of Canterbury has a platform. If he stands up and says no and preaches the gospel, even the BBC might report it. That's right. Mm -hmm. But it's I wouldn't a put, complete I wouldn't abject failure. I wouldn't bank on that. And it makes me very... No, that's what they're humanistic. <laughs> that's what I would yeah. say. Yeah. Often, most of their debates are humanistic. They're not yeah. biblical. And, and, that, and what you see in this whole chapter particularly, Paul is standing for the gospel. Yes. And he's commending the Philippians for standing with him in the gospel and, and striving together for the gospel. Yeah. And, and it, we must know the gospel, and, and that is the message that we are called to bring out. So I'm frustrated, yes, because they, you, they, you have the platform, and, and usually it's some kind of socialistic thing that they, yeah. they'll say, yeah. uh, you know, we must look after the poor, which of course, of course is right. Yeah, of course. But, but, but there we are called to preach the gospel, and that's this wonderful phrase here in verse 7. He says, he talks about this is what Paul's doing and that's what the Philippians are supporting. This is what it's all about. Yeah. And our, our unity is focused on the gospel. Yeah. And it says the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. It's just mm. interesting to look at mm. that phrase. Cause yes, please. Defense is apologia, you know, that's yes. where we get yeah. apologetic. Exactly. So that's, yeah. and in a sense, literally, Paul is doing, going to do that in the court. He is, yeah. he is fighting for the gospel. He is defending the gospel. In a sense, he's fighting for the Christian's right to yeah. 
to preach the gospel because yeah. that's why he got in got into jail in the first yeah. place. So he that apologetics is kind of like the negative defense. You know, yeah. you've got to have a good defense, yeah. like um, to all the attacks. And then confirmation is the other side of the coin mm. where you actually provide the positive, where, where this is people who, 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 are, who are wanting to believe mm. and you give confirmation, maybe through signs and wonders or through, through the positive proclamation. Yes, so exactly. we've got to be ready to proclaim the gospel Absolutely. positively, but also we've got to be ready to, to defend it, if yeah. you like, in, as in a court case, to say, no, this is... Define this, it. Yeah. Explain it. Yeah. Explain the attack, you know, be able to defend it against its critics. One, one thing we've been doing with my sort of education stuff, it's, it was a missing element in, in all of the coursework for 12 years or 13 years of, of, of the education cycle of a child, is make sure that you have a course on apologetics. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the, so, we, you know, however many, I think we've got about six manuals so far on it. So, because... The kids need to know more of what, is, uh, the, what are the arguments that are out in the world. So you're defending against prevailing arguments, yes. which, is, which is different to saying um, the Bible says, you know, Jesus loves me, you know, and this yes. Is, yes. is the gospel. There's something about sort of actually, as Paul did on the Areopagus in Athens, it, you're you're literally engaging with where people are at. You need to know what are the arguments on evolution and you know materialism you know as being the source of life and the, these key points you need to be completely familiar with them to give a proper defense because yeah. those things are not um, are not neutral they're, they're actually attacking the roots of of the gospel yes. so I, I think I you know apologetics is probably the missing mm. teaching um, uh, we, we have Christian schools and homeschools, but even in Sunday schools and at church, mm. there should be, kids should be in, given a sort of a grounding in apologetics. Otherwise, when they go out exactly. to university or the world, and then they hear a lot of the counter-arguments, they're, they're not prepared for that. Completely not prepared, and the counter-arguments will, the primary one is you are naive and isolated and, you know, Yes. So you yes. almost fulfil their arguments by not you knowing. Do, by not knowing. And, and, and it, it's right what, what David said, this, what Derek says, this, this term defence and confirmation is a legalistic term, a legal term. Mm. It, it, it suggests a sort of forensic argument in court. Yeah. Mm. And, and that, as you say, is, is what's missing. And you have to have that ability within certain limits. To, to and it's not, the apology uh, defence is not really preaching, is it? It's, it's actually... It's not, preaching is, is yeah. I'm going to yeah. tell you what it says yeah. and exactly. shut up. It's the other side of <laughs> and listen. Yeah. the proclamation. It's, yeah. Yes. And um, y y we've got to be ready, like, like in Peter it says, you know, be ready always to, with respect, you yeah. know, give a reason for the hope that you have. And that's apologia again. Yeah. You know, give a defense. Okay. So here, is, and I think this is in the court, that's what he's, that's what he do. That's what he did in the book of Acts. When he came under attack, he made the issue the gospel. He kept the conversation onto the gospel and, and then defended it against its critics and showed them where they were wrong. But always bring it back to the gospel. So apologetics on its own is not enough. Um, so the best kind of apologetics is, yes, you start by defending 
you know, something. Let's say, talking about evolution, you might, you might mm. give the arguments why it's not right. But then find a way to then preach the gospel from that. Yeah. You know, yes. talk about, you yes. know, um, turn the conversation onto the gospel. Mm. Because ultimately, people are saved through the gospel. That's fine. So you do your apologetics, that's important. Mm. But don't, don't be satisfied with winning the argument. Find a way of relating that yes. to the gospel. Yeah, very good. Because in yes. the end, that's what God's yeah. going to use. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah. yeah. So, because we're in, as it were, an absolute storm, you know, with the yes. internet and with all the arguments that are, that are out there. It's never has it been more important for kids, you know, once they're thrown out into the workplace or into university, that you're never more important for them to be prepared for the onslaught. And there are so many... Because many fall and lose their faith. Yes. The stats of Christian kids from Christian families being swept away are horrendous. Yes, there's so much s seductive yeah. alternatives out there at the moment. Yeah, yeah so <clears throat> that's verse 7, isn't it? Mm. And, um, and, of course, he's talking about his defence and confirmation, but they're partnering with him, so it's very relevant to them. But then he, he's going back to the fellowship, how I yearn, um, I yearn for you. Yeah. Yeah, how I yearn for you with, with all affection. It just shows the closeness of their relationship. Yeah. But it's, it's <laughs> the affection of Jesus Christ. So this again is the grace of God mm. that actually God has so worked in Paul's heart that he doesn't say, well, it's just his natural affection. Mm. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart mm. by the Holy Spirit. So he's saying it's the affection of Jesus Christ. It's mm. the grace of God in him has made him yeah. love them with a deep affection. Mm. You can't just conjure that up. No, That's, no, no. He, he attributes that to Jesus Christ yeah. and his grace. Yes. It's a deep emotion. It, 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 it means that you suffer with them as well. If they're suffering, you suffer. Mm. It, it, it is a deep affection, but it, mm. it's even deeper than that, mm. that you, you, you go with them through all that they're going through, be it for good or for bad. Mm. I've said it before, that the fact that he's, he's able to say, for well, God is my witness, it just shows that he's completely aware of God's presence. Yes. You can't, you, he, you can't, you, he, he could not write that fraudulently because of all of his writings. It just doesn't add up. So therefore, this man is, is really aware that God is, is, as it were, judging his thoughts and attitudes. Yes judges the thoughts and attitudes of the hearts, that God knows Paul's heart. But it also reveals the accuser of the brethren is always active. Yeah. So Paul, the implication yeah. is yeah. that Paul has his critics everywhere. Yeah. And they are saying to the Philippians, for example, Paul doesn't really care for you. Mm. You know, he's yeah. just into his own stuff. Um, you know, and, and so he, I think he feels the need to affirm to them that he, his love for them is, is genuine, yeah. it's deep, mm. um, because, you know, we have to be very careful with critical people or, you know, people who get jealous of, you know, ministries like Paul's yeah. and envious, they'll, they'll try and run them down, yeah. you see, yeah. Yeah. Um, not, for, not for righteous motives, mm. you know, um, true, if they were, there might be false ministers, obviously, but 
it's, they're clearly attacking Paul. Where does that attack come from? It's the, it's the devil, isn't it? He's yes. trying to undermine Paul's ministry. So if you, you know, if you, if there's a genuine preacher of the gospel, be very careful, mm. you know, when you yeah. when you hear people just attacking them, mm. because if you open your heart to that, you uh, yeah. you let the yeah. devil do his work. Mm. So he, Paul feels even with the Philippians, he's having to defend himself. Look, mm. I really do care for you, even though. Certain it's people often are happened telling with me difference. in my lifetime, especially when I was younger, I would hear, you know, I'd be in a church and they'd be saying, oh, don't, um, you know, don't go near those, they're, they're doing this wrong and this wrong. And I, I would immediately feel drawn to, to test out whether it's true <laughs> what they're saying. So I'd go down there and discover the actually, yeah, <laughs> that they're, they're, these people are are the Lord's people and, and they're doing a good job. So, so then you've got a problem because you're, you know, and then you find that you're at the other side and, and they're saying something else. And, and you know, that's not partnership in the gospel, is it? It's, it's really sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, yeah, of course, the, the, the accuser of the brethren is there. False accusation, which you can get in court, but he's saying, God is my witness. Yes. That's, that's a really serious thing to say, isn't it? Yes. You're, if it's false, let's, let's switch off the cameras yes. and stop doing Bible study. Yes. That's why, I, for me, Paul is genuine. It's, it's yes. Everything he says in his prayers, in his writings, has a stamp of authenticity. Yeah. I, I think you, what you said just a few minutes yeah. ago about Paul is clearly so aware of the presence of God. Yeah. That is something, you know, we can pray for. Lord, Lord please give me a heart like Paul's. May I be aware? Because it, it, it's so easy to, you know, to, to miss out because we don't ask for that. And, and I'm talking to myself as much as anybody else. You know, we, we, we love the scriptures, we believe them, but we're actually holding them at quite a superficial level compared to what is available to us. And we see it in Paul here. Mm. I know Paul was the author. Well, he was an mm. author at arm's length, so to speak, of, yeah. of, 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 the, of the scriptures. But he was experiencing what he's writing. Mm. We want to experience exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that we, they're not, they're just absolutely alive every time we look yeah. at them. Yeah. Okay, so for me, you know, we've got about eight minutes or so. So it rolls on again into verse 9. It's as though one sort of theme triggers the next. So he then, then he says, in, in the prayer, and my prayer is that your love may abound more and more. So we could stop there. And then it says, with all knowledge, knowledge and discernment. Yeah. There's so, a balance there, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Because it talks about Jesus being full of grace and truth. And, um, you know, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Yeah. That, and you need the two together, you yeah. see. Some people are all truth, yeah. but no grace. Yeah, exactly. You know, no love, exactly. but hard. Exactly. You know, and some people are, are, lo are love, if you like, or grace, yeah. but no truth, no, yeah. no reality. And so Jesus was the perfect balance of grace and truth. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. love without, gra without truth yeah. is wishy-washy. Yeah. And no, so notice, he prays that the love may abound more and more, which are like continually grow and increase. Yeah. That's the number one thing. Mm -hmm. But he, he's not wanting them to have like this wishy-washy kind of love that mm -hmm. has no, yeah. no truth to it yeah. in knowledge and all discernment. In other words, yeah. that you, in our love for people, it's not just that you affirm everything they do. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you are to discern that which is mm -hmm. 
excellent and that which is yeah. noble. And, and to affirm somebody in some evil thing is not to love them. That's right. In, That's in right. fact. That's right. So that, that kind of love is not real love. Mm. Um, mm. And so that's, I, I see that same balance there. Yeah. Uh, the love will grow, but uh, that along with that discernment mm. and that knowledge. Mm. So it's not one or the other, but, it, but it's both together. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one thing to love, but to ha you also need the knowledge of how to apply that love, how to mm. love, you know. Yeah. You need to know, you can't love someone re in reality without knowing them. Mm -hmm. Because then you know what they need mm -hmm. and you discern what they need and what's best for them. Mm -hmm. So love without knowledge is, is no good. So I got, it, I got it wrong, you know, we've only got a couple of minutes left. <laughs> um, and um, there's, there's a lot in these final three verses of the prayer. I'm not sure we'll, we'll really get through it. We, we could spend a whole um, Bible study just talking about the meaning of love and the depths of the meaning it is such a cheaply used word today, yeah. used to justify many things which have no discernment and knowledge. You know, it's just purely um, experiential, sensual. It's not um, the kind of love that he's talking about. But, um, and he's also, it's, it's sort of the root, the love is the root of verse 10, so that you may approve of what is excellent, yes. what is yes. pure. Yes. That's, it's rooted in... In that, in that verse on love. Have you got any thoughts, John, in the last... Well, uh, you just, I think no, this knowledge is so important <coughs> because um, it's the, the knowledge of the love of God, the knowledge of the gospel, the knowledge that gives you that absolute assurance of your salvation, regardless of your, you know, your, your failings and weaknesses, of which we're all too aware, that the, the knowledge of the finished work of Christ, which is more than enough mm. uh, to deal with uh, your your um, peccadillo, so to speak, um, and 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 as that knowledge, which as uh, Hebrews twelve talks about, you know, we, it refers back to to that great faith chapter in Hebrews eleven, and talks about you know the sin that so easily beset is not what you get up to, which you know you shouldn't. It's talking about the sin of unbelief, mm. the lack of faith, which 11, um, Hebrews 11 is talking to. And you can't have faith, you can have the gift of faith, which causes to get saved. You can't have that faith without knowledge. It's knowledge that increases your faith. Bless you. you need to Bless learn you. and understand. Yeah, thank you very much. So, you know, there's that word excellence as well. You know, what, if anything is praiseworthy and excellent, think on those things. We'll talk more about that next week.